are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The beginning of this year, on January 1st, we usually spend three or four days in fasting and prayer and seeking the Lord. And God gave me this verse of scripture that I want to share with you. And three days ago, finally, I got a message from this verse of scripture that that God has put on my heart. He's been birthing in my heart. He's been birthing my spirit for the last six months. It's been kind of just percolating. And I believe it's for such a time as this. I believe that it's for you. I don't think you're here by mistake today that God has a destiny for you today. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11 says this, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now, God. And Father, I just thank you, God, for every person that's in this place today. God, I thank you, God, that you have a divine purpose. And Father, they are facing barriers in their lives right now. But God, you are the God of the breakthrough. And Lord, today I pray that as we look at your word, that your word would not return void. I pray, God, that your spirit would begin to wrestle. I believe that, God, that you want to do something profound and transformational in people's lives today. And so, Father, I thank you for what you're going to do. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we read the rest of that passage of Scripture, you might want to get out your Bibles and look at it if you've got them here. We're going to look at that whole chapter 14. We're going to kind of of pick it apart. But, you know, when I, when I was reading that and I was thinking about that in, um, at the beginning of this year, little did I know that God would take me on a journey where I needed him to break through in my life. I needed him to break through with my children. I needed him to break through in so many areas. And I'm telling you today that when you stand on the word of God, that God is the God of breaking. He'll take care of your enemies. He will take care of your problems, and you will see the breakthrough of water. As most of you know, in Calgary this year, we had a huge flood. And really what happened was that there was 300 millimeters of rain, whatever that is, it's about uh, a foot, two feet of, of uh, water, it rained in the, in the mountains and the foothills. It filled up the creeks, filled up the creeks. Those creeks floated into the bow and into the elbow, into the high river and uh, into the sheep river, and they just poured out of the mountains. Of course, in June, it's, the, it's already the, it's already the uh, sort of the high season for the, for the river because of the, the melt in, uh, in Banff and and uh, the mountains coming down through the Bow River. And uh, we were just there yesterday on uh, Friday. And, uh, you know, the Bow looks real gentle right now. But in the melting season, and then with all those rains that came in, there, the, the waters overflowed the banks. And here is uh, near the Elbow River, near the Glencoe Club, where my daughter works. Um, all the, the, the streets, this was a day after... The streets were full of water because the banks, the water went over the banks and and flooded out the city of Calgary. And uh, here's a picture of the Glencoe Club, and it had filled up into the basement, into the the whole level, into the pool, everything. They were going down in canoes. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was a national disaster. This is the flood of 100 years. It was a breakthrough of water. It broke over the banks in a moment, and there was nothing that man could do to stop it. I watched the day before on the news. They're building, they've got trucks, they've got things. They're trying to shore up those banks. But nothing could stop the power of the river. This is in Earlton, which is a a part of Calgary down by the Saddle Dome. And uh, these are some uh, townhouses worth, you know, $900,000, a million dollars. 
And uh, what happened is when the, these ones are right on the Elbow River. I don't know why people would build right on the river, right in the floodplain, but they built these houses right there. And they filled up the whole basement, which is a drive-in with their cars, and it was up past, up into the first level. And uh, we went down there on the, um, a couple of days later, like on the Tuesday after everything happened. And there was, uh, the, the mayor of our city called for 700 volunteers and 7,000 people showed up. 7,000 people showed up and they, uh, they started to just rip all the drywall out. They took all the breakers, took all of the, the electrical panels off and just gutted it. These were some of the people that I was working with. You know, they just go numbers. One, two, three, four, five. You're the captain. Go in and do something. You know, people can rally around when there's a break, you know, when there's a, when there's a disaster in our province. And they said it's a 100-year flood, but how come the 100-year flood happens every five years now? Because we're in the last days, and the Bible says there are going to be increase of natural disasters. Church, are you ready? Are you ready? I was listening to a prophet yesterday speaking, and, and he's talking about the coming, the coming persecution of the Jews, the coming persecution of Christians, and that God is raising up refugee, refuge cities across America where people are going to have to flee to in the end times. You need to be ready. You need to be ready because when there's a breakthrough, when the Bible says that the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. <laughs> God raises up a standard. And we need to be standing for what is right. We are, we're in a world today where, where people no longer believe wrong is right. When I was growing up, there were certain things that were wrong, but now everybody thinks they're right. And even kids that have grown up in the church, they, they're thinking that the wrong things are right. They, they, they think it's okay to, to live together and uh, that, it's, that you, know, we, you can just kind of move on from one partner to another. But that's not the way God designed it. That's not God's ancient path. You know, when, I was, um, when Annette and I grew up here in Cold Lake, it was kind of the, the 70s, it was kind of the hippie times, and uh, there was a place up in Cold Lake called Hooterville. It was an old lodge. Anybody know where Hooterville was? Okay, there's a few of us that knew where Hooterville was. And really, that was a party place. It was just, a, it was a drug-infested, long-haired hippies. People just kind of just hung out there, and they lived together. Well, I didn't know that. I was just this young guy that got saved when I was 16, saw 40 of my friends come to Christ here in Cold Lake. And uh, we got married. I was gone to a year of Bible college in Toronto, and Toronto wasn't ready for me, and I wasn't ready for Toronto, so I came back to where God's country is. <laughs> and I came back here to Cold Lake and met Annette, and we got married. She was 18. She was still going to Grand Center High when we got engaged. And I was 20, and I told her, I said, God has a vision, and God has a plan for my life. If you want to come, then I want you to marry me. If you don't want to come, get out of the car. Problem was, <laughs> it was her car. <laughs> but uh, she married me anyway, and we moved into Hooterville. We were the only married couple in Hooterville, and, uh, you know, we, Annette taught figure skating over here at the Noralta Figure Skating Club. She was a figure skater, and she coached for 38 years and uh you know we we just kind of witnessed and we shared jesus with people and uh, then god moved us to calgary um 1980 and uh but you know god's brought us back and forth here and uh because we believe that uh, that god wants to break through that god wants to transform families and that we need to stand for what is right can somebody say amen uh here's annette on a bike and uh, that's uh, the Bow River and Fish Creek, and that's close to where we live. We live up in Mackenzie, and so you can just kind of look down on there. That was just kind of the floods. And it just shows you the, the water going over the banks. And that's what this passage of Scripture is talking about. Let's, let's get back in there. And just look at that Scripture in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 14. 
And uh, you see, so David and his men went up to Baal Perezim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand, so that the place was called Baal Perezim. You see, if you want to do something great for God, you can't do it without him. You need his power. And his power is like this goes over top of the banks and nothing can stop it. Can somebody say amen? So let's just look at this passage and look at it a little bit deeper. Go back to verses 1 and 3. I'm not going to read them all. But what we see here is David's house. We see David's family. David has been anointed king. Saul is dead. And uh, they're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back in chapter 13, but uh, they forgot how to bring it, and somebody died, and uh, they, they ended up just parking it in this guy's house. And then they're here, and David and his family, and uh, he is beginning to establish his kingdom over Israel. Let's just read the, what the Lord says. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. Do you know that you've been established as a king and a priest? Do you know that you've been established as a son and a daughter of the Most High God? That you're not just somebody, Gord, but you are somebody that is special. You are a child of the King. You're royalty. That God has a purpose and God has a plan for every one of your lives. You need to know your identity in Christ. So many of us, we just, we don't know who we are. What was great about David was he made a lot of mistakes, but he knew who he was. And every time he made a mistake, he turned back and repented and got right with God, his Father. So he was established as the king over Israel and that his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of the people. And in Jerusalem, he took more wives and became a father of more sons and more daughters. So what we see here at the beginning of this chapter is a guy establishing his family. And I see some young families here. I see some young couples here. I saw flashing up on the nursery sign, parent number 13, you know, down, go help out your, you know, go help your child. And you know, you're establishing your families. Others of you here, Maybe your kids have grown up and your grandparents. Let me just go on a side. I was just in Florida with my grandson, Nathan. And, uh, you know, if I'd known being a grandfather was such a good deal, I would have been a grandparent first. <laughs> you know, I would have done that first. You know, because uh, the Bible says that, a, that, a children's, that your children's children will be a blessing. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, I was blessed, you know, spending time with Nate. He's coming back to Calgary. He's there with his mom and his dad and They've been down there for the summer, but they're coming back here right away. They're ready for school. He's going into grade one. <laughs> kind of cool. So their families were being established. But the enemy, he wants to destroy your family. The enemy wants to destroy families. That's always been his strategy. Right from Genesis to Revelation, he's wanted to destroy families. And I want you to know, moms and dads, that you are in a war that we are in a battle for the family. And the enemy has won a lot of battles, but I'm trying to say to you today that we're going to raise up a standard. We're not going to let that happen in Cold Lake Community Church. We will not let any of our children be lost to the enemy. And it's time that we stood up and we said, God of the breakthrough, I'm believing for a breakthrough in my teenage son. I'm believing for my adult children. I'm believing for God to do something great. So read the scripture. It says, now when the Philistines heard, now the Philistines, they're uncircumcised, they're ungodly, they're not covenant people, heard that David had been anointed king over all of Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David. We're going to kill the king. And David heard of it, and he went up against them. Then the Philistines 
went and made a raid on the Valley of Rephium. The Valley of Rephium. Now, the Valley of Rephium means the house of the giant. Does anybody know what David did when he was a boy? He was only 13 years of age, got out his five smooth stones, and he killed Goliath, who was from the house of the giants. And he had four more stones because he was going to get his brothers. And scriptures teach us that David won many battles and defeated many giants. And I want you to know today that there are giants that want to to destroy your family. There are spirits that are after you. Uh, I've noticed recently there's this uh, sort of this phenomenon with people about giants again. There's been some Disney movies coming about giants and there's this uh, this new book or this new movie out about somebody in the monsters or the sea of monsters, you know, and there's, there's all of this stuff coming out. But you know what? I believe that we are in a battle. The Philistines wanted to reclaim the land that David had already won. They wanted to get from the previous battles. You know, I won some previous battles here in Cold Lake when I was a teenager, but the enemy, he says, <laughs> I want that land back. I want that land back. So they came down to the house of the giant and they tried to to take it back. There are giants in your past. There are things from your past that will try to destroy your life. And if you're going to win the battle for the future, you've got to destroy the enemy from the past. Can somebody say amen? Psalm 79 verse 8 says this, Do not hold against us the sins or the iniquities of past generations. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. How many here this morning are desperate? Just a few of us. I'm desperate, I'm telling you. I am desperate for the family. I am desperate for my family. I am desperate this morning that, that, the, that the sins of the past generations are going to be broken and that God's mercy is going to come quickly. Can somebody say amen? We all know that we have children and that we've been children in this house and that there are giants that are out there to destroy us from our past. But you know what? Your past is no longer held against you. Your past is no longer held against you. Your sins have been forgiven. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities, and by his stripes you are healed. And so by the blood of Jesus, not by your own works, you have been forgiven, and your past doesn't hold anything on you anymore. Your past has been forgiven, and you need to break the things of the past, and you need to to make a step of breaking those generational iniquities that are over your lives. You know, one of the things that we're going to do on this Father-Son Rite of Passage weekend, we did it here in Cold Lake when I took the fathers and sons out, we are going to deal with generational iniquity because the Bible says the sins of the father are passed on to the third and fourth generation. And those sins are my sins. I have to take accountability for my sins and I need to break the power of those things. And in the Grand Canyon last year, we sat there in the, right by that huge waterfall. There was a natural amphitheater and I shared this message with them that men, we've got to break the generational iniquities of our past. And there was, some, there was some willow branches there, and each of the men stood up, and they took a branch, and they renounced the iniquity of lust, the iniquity of anger, the iniquity of alcohol, the iniquity of pornography. And, and they broke those sticks, and they threw them into, the, into that raging river, and they broke it off, and they said, in the name of Jesus, I renounce that off my family's life. I renounce it off my life. And then that right there on those falls, they, they took their son and they prayed purity over him. They took the shame off of them and they prayed a blessing over them. I'm telling you, church, we're in a battle and we're in a war. And for too long, we've been trying to have a truce. 
You know, you can't make peace with the enemy. The enemy will destroy you. You can't make peace with him. He'll steal your soul. And so we need to understand that we need to confess our iniquities. In Psalm chapter 32, verse 5, David had sinned with Bathsheba. He had committed the unpardonable sin. He had murdered somebody. Like, you know, he was, he was in trouble. But what did he do? It says, then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt. Not only are you forgiven for what you've done, you've been forgiven for the guilt. You don't need to carry that shame anymore. You don't need to, to do that, but you need to confess it. The Bible says if we confess our faults one to another, that we're healed. And so it's so important. That's why we encourage you to come to a Blessing Generation seminar or to, to come to a rite of passage weekend and deal with the stuff in your life and confess it to the Lord. Let you walk in forgiveness. Kill the Goliaths. Kill the giants of guilt and shame that are trying to hold you down. And then you need to renounce that iniquity, the giant that resides within me. see the sins of our youth just you carry it it's a giant that's there it's a sleeping giant all of us have done stuff in our past that we're not proud of addictions maybe you were abused maybe something terrible happened and there's this shame that lies there it's a giant sleeping it resides in you the Apostle Paul talked about that thing that was in him. We need to renounce it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, We have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. Excuse me. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth, plainly we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So it's not enough just to repent. We need to renounce. We need to renounce the, the things of our past. I remember when we were here in Cold Lake doing the Father-Son Rite of Passage. And um, one of the guys that was uh, repenting for some of the stuff, he'd been, a, he'd been a drug dealer when I was in high school. He'd been a really bad dude. You know, he'd done a lot of bad things. He's now a pastor. And he, was, he repented and he renounced that iniquity off his, off his life and off his son's life. And as he's blessing his sons, two F-18 fighter jets just flew over. And I says to Nick, I says, Nick, get those pictures because there's spiritual warfare that's happening here right now. Can somebody say amen? If you're going to deal with the giant that's in you, you've got to renounce it. An adulterer has adultery in his heart. A thief is a thief in his heart. If you've got shame, you need to deal with it. You need to break it. You need to renounce it because those giants... They'll wake up and they'll destroy your life. And then you need to exchange the shame for the glory. And we sang that song this morning about, you know, wanting his glory. If you want his glory, the Bible says that his glory will not reside in flesh. That's not crucified. And the only way to crucify your flesh is to repent and renounce of the things of the past. And then his glory will shine forth out of your life. His glory will will shine forth. It says, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God whom through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. If you want the glory of God, and we sing it, God send your glory, first comes the fire. And the fire cleanses us and forgives us and causes us to defeat the giants of our past. David then after was cleansed, then 
to defeat the enemy, he inquired of the Lord. Look at verse 9 in your Bibles. It says, Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephraim. And the valley of Rephraim is what? The valley of the giants. Okay, just making sure you guys are all awake out there. So David inquired of God, Shall I go out and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? A fatal mistake that many Christians make is we move ahead without inquiring of the Lord. We, we, we fail to inquire of the Lord and seek Him. You know, um, when, the, when Joshua was coming into the promised land, they had just defeated uh, Jericho, the walls had come down, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're pumped, and uh, these Gibeonite guys come by. These Gibeonites, they pretended they were from a faraway land, a faraway country. And the Bible, and they made a covenant with Israel so that they wouldn't be destroyed. And because they made a covenant, they couldn't go back down on it. But it says they did not inquire of the Lord. We need to learn to inquire of the Lord. If you're going to defeat the enemy, don't do it in your own strength. Don't do it with your own plan. Don't do it with the way you want to do it. You need to inquire of the Lord. And so we see that David here, he inquires of the Lord, and we need to likewise inquire of the Lord uh, what he wants to do. So how do we inquire of the Lord? Well, step one, pray and ask God. And it says, to inquire by implication, to request, to ask, to consult, to pray. And listening to the voice of God. It's so important, church, that, that you and I take that time. And, and you know, my time to listen to the Lord is when I run along the river uh, pretty well every day in Calgary. I'm a jogger, and uh, you know, I like to get out, and I like to get along that river. Uh, I've, you know, it's kind of my refuge from the city. You know, I'm not a city guy, even though, you know, I've lived in, in Calgary, you know, most of my adult life now. But, you know, I'm, I'm a country guy. I love the country. That's why I take fathers and sons on, on those kind of adventures. And so I run along the river, and, and, I, and I'm listening, and I'm speaking to God. I've, I've read my devotions in the morning, maybe I've read a few things, and then I go for a run, maybe put some music in my ears, and, and just listen. I inquire and say, God, what do you want me to do today? And I want you to know that my wife did not know what she was signing up for when she said yes to me. <laughs> because God just leads us to the craziest places. Just leads us to the craziest places. And God wants to lead you. He wants to show you, you know, that you need to just pray and ask God and seek Him about the problems and the situations that you might find yourself in today. We were sitting around the, um, the dinner table on Thursday with our friend from Quebec and uh, uh, another friend from Calgary. And uh, we were, my daughter was there. Our youngest daughter's not married. And um, somehow the conversation went to when she was three, year old, three years old when we, when we moved back to Calgary. And she got salmonella food poisoning. And um, she was in the, the Rocky View Hospital. And, and uh, really, to make a long story short, the doctors had given up on her and said she's going to die. And they told us as much. But you know what? I, I didn't accept that. And a friend of mine who was a board member in the church, we just went to pastor that church in Calgary. The Lord woke him up about midnight, 11.30, and he came up to the church, or up to the hospital about midnight, and we began to pray. We began to inquire of the Lord. And uh, that night, uh, when we got a breakthrough, a breakthrough anointing, you know, we just, we had that peace and said, we're done. And that night, Annette, she was there in Cassian's room, 
And she, she wrestled with the angel of death the whole night. She wrestled with the angel of death, and then in the morning, the angel of death lifted, and God completely healed her and restored her. Because, you see, the enemy wanted to destroy her life and destroy her destiny. The next morning, Friday morning, Cassie came downstairs, getting all dressed, getting ready. Fourth-year nursing student going to work. Because God had a vision and God has a call in her life to be a nurse, to help other children, to help other people. See, God has a plan and God has a destiny. And you know what? It's never too late. Maybe you think, well, I missed my destiny. No, you haven't missed your destiny. It's never too late. Youngie Cho once said, the secret to his success in ministry, he says, I just pray and I obey. And a lot of us, we pray and we get an answer, but we don't obey what God tells us to do. We need to learn to pray and obey so that we can fulfill the destiny that God has. And that's really the second part. Because, you see, when we obey, so David went out and did just that. God gave him the victory. David was so overwhelmed with God's goodness that he tried to describe it, and he said, God has broken through my, to my enemies like the breaking forth of water or like a raging flood. When we do it God's way, his power flows through us. And I remember I was youth pastor in Cole, uh, Airdrie, um, just outside of Calgary years ago, and um, I, didn't, I was just as... Jesus guy, you know, I just love God, and I just had this, this thing, and, and we had this prayer meeting in our, in our youth group every Wednesday night, they'd come over to our place, and they'd just kind of, they'd be hanging out there, and um, we just didn't eat pizza and do stuff, but we began to pray for the youth group, we began to pray for the church, we began to pray for the, for the community, and we began to release the blessing of God, and we saw that little group of uh, 10, 15 kids grow into 100, why? Because it was God's power, it was God's plan, and God broke forth. And God wants to break forth here in Cold Lake. You know, and I noticed that, um, that you've got some prayer times and uh, you've got different things that are involved. But if you want to see breakthrough in your family, you've got to pray. There, there's, just, there's just no other way around it. And then you've got to obey. When God tells you to do something, and, and it just, it's just this still small voice. I'm gonna, I'll get ahead of myself. But when he sell, tells you to do something, he will break through in every area of your life. So they named the place Bel Perizim which literally means possessor of breaches or the place where God broke through. And, and I was wondering, well, why did they call it Baal-perazam? Because Baal was a god of the Philistines. So why, would they, why wouldn't they just name it the Lord who breaks through? You know, Lord Perazam or something. You know, why, why wouldn't they do that? But here's, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I, as I was researching and thinking about it and praying about it, on, and the Lord, let me just tell you, just downloaded this message in about two hours. Like, I, just, I just got on my laptop and just began to type it out. It was just like God just could just give me fresh revelation. And, and as I looked at that, it says, why, I asked the Lord, why did they name it Baal? Because at the place the enemy thought he was the strongest, God wants to give you the breakthrough in your life. You've got to name it before you can claim it. I'm not a name it, claim it guy. <laughs> but I believe in this principle here. If you want to defeat the giant that's in your life, you've got to name it. If you're battling with pornography, you've got to name it. If you're battling with lust, you've got to name it. If you're battling with alcohol, you're battling with anger, you're battling with whatever you're battling with, you've got to name it. And then said, God, you've already defeated it. 
Because where the enemy thinks he's the strongest in your life is really where he's the weakest when God breaks through. Can somebody say amen? See, that's how you get it. What area of, do you need breakthrough in your life? Do you need breakthrough in your finances? Name it. Don't just kind of say, okay, God, just provide. No, name it. Name it that you're in debt. Name it that you're struggling financially. Is your family struggling and you've got a, got a wayward son, you've got a wayward daughter? Is your husband not serving the Lord? Name it. And said, but my God is greater. My God is greater. He is the God of the breakthrough. He is the possessor of the breaches. Do you need a breakthrough in your health? Little girl's got cancer. Name it. Name it and declare it that God is the God of the breakthrough over that little girl. He is the God of the breakthrough over your finances. He's the God of the breakthrough over your health. He is the God of the breakthrough. Can somebody say amen? You see, we're in a battle for the family. And that's, that's, that's really what, what God has called us to, to do. And, I, and I, I've shared how he did that. But it started right here in Cold Lake. 70,000 couples a year get divorced in Canada. 70,000. 70,000 families. You add that up over 10 years, that's 700,000 families. It's a million people. Millions of families. The enemy comes in to rob, to kill, and destroy. Ten years ago, when we were battling the, the gay uh, issue, and um, we were praying for Bill C-51 that it wasn't going to happen, and we are doing these protests and things. And uh, I was leading the, uh, the thing at, um, at our MP's office. Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Neil, you're fighting the wrong battle. You need to be fighting the battle for the family. Because the result of it is what we're seeing right now. See, the result of what we're seeing is right now. And there, there is like this dam has burst of filth and destruction over our nation. But God says, I can make a difference. I can overflow the banks and I can break through for the family in Canada. Right here in Cold Lake, God can break through your family and he can see you um, survive. So how do we do it? We need God's plan. Verses 13 to 16. Once more the Philistines raided the valley. <laughs> you think you defeat the giant? And it's done? And we're in a battle. I watched Pilgrim's Progress. How many have read Pilgrim's Progress? Very few people. It, it was a classic written by John Bunyan just before he was uh, burnt at the stake to be a heretic. Uh, God gave him a vision and God gave him a dream. And I, I watched the movie of it. You know, the enemy is going to come after you. How many here are in the military? Okay, we've got a few military families. You know, you don't let down your guard <laughs> when you're in Afghanistan. You do and you're dead. But how come we do it in Cold Lake? We let down our guard and let stuff into our homes through the television, through the internet, through stuff that we allow. When you let down your guard, the enemy is going to come in. He's going to come back. So once more, the Philistines raided the valley. The valley of what? The valley of the, the giants. The valley of the giants. The giants, <laughs> they're resurrecting. They're, they're resurrecting, and they're gaining more power in our nation. But you know what? 
greater is our God. <laughs> you know, greater is our God. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I've got to give you the bad news before I give you the good news because here's the good news. So David inquired. He did what? He inquired of the Lord. <laughs> and God answered him. What, are you, what do you think? <laughs> God answered him, Gord. And here's what he said. Do not go directly after them, but circle around them and attack them in the front of the poplar trees. Wow. Here's a mistake that the church makes. is for the gay agenda, we go at them directly. We're going to lose that battle every time. We need to circle around them with love and prayer. Annette and I were in Ottawa in June, and uh, we were just driving through because I was going to do a coordinator training and uh, preach and do some stuff. And we said, well, let's just stop in Ottawa. We're a little bit early, and they were having a pro, pro-life march. About 50,000 people <laughs> were marching for life. And uh, we kind of thought, well, this is good. We parked our car and we joined the march. You know, you know we're just kind of marching. You know, the television coverages I watched that night, they focused on about 15, 20 people that were opposing the march. You know, people that said, you know, a woman's body, she can do with what she wants and all this kind of stuff. And, but, you know, the battle isn't to go right there. We need to surround those young people with love. We need to circle around them with love. And so our strategy isn't always to go direct contact. The Lord may tell us to do that at times. But he said, do not go directly out at them. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees move to battle because that will mean that God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as God commanded him and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So how did they, what did they do? They waited for the sound of the spirits in the poplar trees. Last Sunday, a week ago today, we were having a day of fasting, or not a day of fasting, but a day of prayer for family foundations with some friends out in the country near Pritis, the same house where uh, Kurt and Cynthia came for uh, training, good friends of ours. And uh, we're interceding and praying, and they've got this glass house with this, uh, this glass room, and in front there's all these poplar trees. It was a, kind of a yucky day, you know, it was kind of rainy. And I'm reading this over, I'm kind of praying this through some more. And I never saw this part. I only saw the first part. I all saw the breakthrough part. Okay, God, you're going to break through. You're going to destroy. You're going to kind of go over them. But what about when the giants come back? I never thought, I never saw that all year. I've been, I've been reading this all year. I didn't see that. And then he said, as soon as you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move out to battle. And the Lord just spoke to me last Sunday and he said, that's the Holy Spirit. That's my spirit that wants to speak to you, Neil to show you where to battle. And I'll go before you and I'll win that battle. In church today, you're fighting a giant. You need to hear what the Spirit is saying. You need to hear the rustling in the poplar trees. They got lots of poplar trees up here in northern Alberta. You know, they got lots of poplar trees. You need to get out into the bush and you need to begin to walk in those poplar trees and say, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. I need an answer for my son. I need an answer for my daughter. I need a breakthrough for them. Because he is the God of the breakthrough. Little did I know that when the Lord gave me that verse of Scripture, that I would need it for my own family this this spring. 
got a call from my son-in-law when I was in Banff at the pastor's conference with Pastor Lance in February. And got a call from him about like 6 in the morning, maybe 3 in the morning. I, I forget what time it was. Maybe 3 in the morning I got a call from him. And he had a nervous breakdown and was delusional and said that he thought that he was Jesus Christ and that we were going to defeat the devil. And then we went through a month of hell fighting for his mental stability and, and praying for breakthrough, praying. And we, as soon as we left Banff, we went down there and we stayed with him for uh, several days and, and him and I went for walks and uh, we got him some, uh, some psychological help in the, in, the, in the mental health unit there in Lethbridge. And, uh, but it was a month that this was going on and we weren't seeing breakthrough. We weren't seeing breakthroughs. And then in March... I was preaching in a church on a Sunday morning. Our daughter had come down for the weekend because things just weren't really easy at the house. We were standing for their marriage. We we're standing for everything. And I got another call at 6 in the morning, on Friday, or 3 in the morning on Friday night. On the Friday night before I was preaching on the Sunday, I was doing a seminar uh, in Calgary and uh, praying with him and uh, believing for breakthrough. Uh, I, he called me, that was to be uh, Friday night in the middle of, so Saturday morning at 6 or 8 o'clock, he called, I already gone, and uh, Annette talked with him for a couple of hours, and she did spiritual warfare, you know, spoke against that spirit, against that giant, declared victory over it. Um, and then that Sunday morning, I preached, I was preaching on finances, but the Lord gave me this verse of scripture, I put it right at the end on the PowerPoint slide, I just put that, he is the God of the breakthrough, because I needed a breakthrough. I was talking about breakthrough for finances, but I said, I need a breakthrough for my family. I need a breakthrough today. And uh, my two youngest daughters, uh, my middle daughter and my youngest daughter were there that Sunday morning and, and we just gathered around our family and everybody else is praying all over the congregation and we're just praying for breakthrough. We're praying for breakthrough because he is the God of the breakthrough. We're listening to the Spirit and we're ministering to our daughter. We're ministering to our family and we're saying, Chantel, we're believing that he is the God of the breakthrough. That afternoon, got home, home for a couple of hours, she got a text from her husband. He was in his right mind. And he's been in his right mind ever since. He's been getting a pastoral counseling, dealing with some spiritual things, dealing, you know, dealing with some stuff. He's not all the way out. That giant will try to come back, but we're there to fight it. We're there to fight it. We're there to overcome it. Maybe you've got a mental health issue or you know somebody that's got a mental health issue. I'm telling you, there is no giant that God cannot defeat. Can somebody say amen? Because he says, when you do it my way, you listen to the Spirit, you're going to see the breakthrough in your family, and in your life. Because he is the God of the breakthrough. We need God's power to break through the enemy's lies and scheme. We need God's spirit to speak to us so that we know what to do because Jesus said that he's given us ears to hear. He's given us his Holy Spirit. The enemy is going to try to come back and he's going to try to set up camp in your life. He's not happy about getting displaced. Israel's been fighting that battle for the land for, since 1948. The enemy's... They're not, they're not happy about being displaced. But it's their country because God has given it to them. And the scripture tells us that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And this morning I believe that God wants to see a breakthrough in your life, in your finances, in your family, in your mental health, in your physical health. That God wants to break through, but you have a choice to make this morning. You've got a choice. You can keep fighting it your way or you can fight it God's way because he is the God of the breakthrough. You've been anointed and you've been appointed. You're a child of the king. So David's fame spread throughout every land 
and the Lord made all the nations fear him. How are you going to spread the fame of Jesus to your unsaved family? Is when you see breakthrough in marriages. When you see breakthrough in health. People are going to say, what happened to you? What happened to that little girl? What happened? What happened? What happened? They're going to say, God did something powerful. What are they going to say about your, your son or your daughter that comes back? And they're going to say, can you pray for my son and can you pray for my daughter? You know, he is the God of the breakthrough. If you want to spread the fame of Jesus to Cold Lake, the way to do it is to see breakthrough in your own life, in your own family, in your own finances. Because people are going to say, what happened? And you're going to say, I don't know, but I know that God did something. And as you do that, and as you make him famous, people are going to come to Christ by the hundreds in 2013, 2014. You're going to see a seed that's going to plant and you're going to need three, four services in this place, and that you're going to just reach out, and you're going to see families transformed. You're going to see people coming to Christ. You're going to see transformation. Your fame, the fame of the Lord is going to spread throughout the land. Can somebody say amen? It's time for your breakthrough. It's time for every one of us to break through. Uh, Gord, I don't know who's going to play up here if you're going to bring somebody up. And uh, You know, that second song you guys did was really kind of, Good, I forget the name of it, but it was, well, maybe that's the one, I don't know. It was one of those songs you guys were doing. <laughs> no, it was a slower song. Anyway, you figure it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just listen. Listen. Holy Spirit, just put your finger right on that giant right now. Show us what the giant is that we've been fighting. Whatever it is, Lord, show it to us right now. And when he shows it to you, just stand. As soon as you see that giant, whatever it is, maybe it's in your finances, in your family, it's a personal thing, it's a mental health issue, whatever that giant is, just stand all over this place. Stand as soon as the Lord shows you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Just listen. God, we just ask right now, Lord, you just show us where that giant is, that iniquity, Lord, that's been holding us back. What is that giant, Lord, that's been destroying and wants to destroy my family? Show us, Lord. Just listen all over this house. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just listen. He is the God of the breakthrough. Whatever you're going through right now, the Lord says, I can bring you through. I can bring you through. Some of you are dealing with some shame from things that have happened in your past. The giant of guilt has been destroying your life. It says, I'm taking it off you today. The giant of guilt is coming off right now in Jesus' name. The giant of shame in Jesus' name. The giant of debt. There's some people in this room right now, you're just you're struggling, barely keeping your head above the water.
because of the, of the debt that you're in. And God says the giant of debts is going to be broken because I am the God of the breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are the God of the breakthrough. Any others, I still think there's still some others where there's, it's not a thing about guilt and condemnation, it's just about a thing about breakthrough. If there's an area, maybe you've got an unsaved family member that just needs to know the Lord. Maybe it's a father that's, that's, that's dying. Health issue, whatever that is, wherever you need a breakthrough today, I'm just going to ask you to stand because he is the God of the breakthrough. Father, we just declare it right now. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Lord, we just inquire. <laughs> we inquire of you, Father. I want you everyone just to pray a declaration with me. You just pray after me. And then we'll just kind of go from there. But I, I just kind of feel we need to do this corporately because there's a, there's a war. And maybe you're not standing. I want you to pray this as well because you're praying with us because it takes every one of us fighting together for every family, for faith and for finances, for health. Every one of us need to be committed to the cause. So why, don't you just, why don't you just agree with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I acknowledge to you today that there are giants trying to destroy my life. And Lord, I confess that I have committed things in my past. Lord, I declare and I confess my transgressions before you. And I release the guilt and I release the shame and I release those, release those hidden things to the cross of Jesus Christ. And I renounce the iniquity, the giant that has resided in me. I renounce it in Jesus' name. It was defeated at the cross. It has no power over my life. And I break its power in Jesus' name. And Lord, I take that giant, whatever it is, I release it to the cross and ask you for your answer. I exchange my shame for your glory. And I ask that your still small voice would speak to me what I'm to do next. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now just listen to the Holy Spirit. Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit just speak right now all over this place. Holy Spirit, just show us, Lord, what the next step is. We, we inquire of you, Lord. Somebody that's struggling with debts, the Lord says, step up and pay that first bill. Somebody that's struggling with a, a child that's not serving the Lord's, the Lord says, love them unconditionally. 
Some of you are struggling with hidden sin. The Lord says, it's what you did, it's not who you are. You're my son and you're my daughter. You're forgiven. No more guilts. No more shame. I have defeated the giants. Like a breakthrough of water flooding over you, he's flooding over you right now. Purity. Purity. There's some of you that are anxious and worried, you can't sleep at night because of the, this, the, the giant of, anger, or of anxiety and worry. The Lord says, he's, I'm wrestling in the middle of the night. My spirit is moving over you and speaking to you peace. Shalom. 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 His peace is over your anxiousness. Release that anxiousness. Confess it to the Lord and receive his peace. Father, we release your blessing now over your children over your sons and daughters. Lord, I bless every father that is in this house today. Lord, I bless them, Father. Lord, I break every generational iniquity, Lord. The sins of their youth, Lord, we release it to the cross. And Lord, now we release blessing instead of cursing. Lord, it's not too late, Lord. We, we've made mistakes in the past, but Lord, I bless the men of this house today, God, that they would walk in the blessing as fathers. Lord, I bless them. Lord, I bless them as men today. I bless them as sons today. Lord, I bless them as fathers today. Lord, I bless the, the destiny and the call that you have on some of, the, on some of their lives, Lord, and on, their, and on their children's lives and on their children's children's lives. Lord, I just bless them, Lord. I release your blessing over the fathers of the house. And God, that they would rise up as mighty men like David. <laughs> Like David's mighty men, Lord, I see these are mighty men of David. Mighty men. I bless these mighty men. And Lord, I bless the women and the children of this house. Lord, there was a time later in Scripture, or earlier in Scripture, where the Philistines came and they, and they stole the women and they stole the children. And David and his mighty men, they went and they rescued them. And so, Father, right now, Lord, you are the God that is the God of the breakthrough, the God of the rescue. Lord, for single moms that are in the house right now, Lord, you are the father to the fatherless. Lord, you are the, the husband to the widow. And Lord, we bless the single mom that's in this house right now. Lord, I bless their identity, Lord, that there wouldn't be a stigma over them, but God, that they would know that they are yours. And Lord, what they've done in their past is not who they are in their future, but God, that they have a divine destiny, a divine person, purpose, because you're the God of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. So God, I bless them today. I bless the women of this house today. I bless the daughters of this house today, God. I just bless you today. Jesus loves you. Jesus says, you're my daughter, you're my princess, in whom I'm well pleased. He says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. You're my child, you're my child. He says, I stand in the stands and I cheer for you. I cheer for you. And I am with you, I am with you. I'm with you. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It's time for your breakthrough this morning, church. It's time for your breakthrough. And so I would encourage you, listen. Listen for the rustling in the poplar trees. Go for a walk this afternoon and just talk this thing out with God. And say, God, I need a breakthrough. And let him speak to you. You may be seated. You know, this morning, before we finish, if there's people that need prayer, I've got some anointing oil, and um, I do want to pray for people and just pray for you individually. But I, I think more importantly that is that um, when your pastor comes back, when Pastor Lance and Cindy come back, you know, they've been on a sabbatical, and um, it's a time of refreshing and strengthening in their family. It's a time of, uh, you know, where... Lance has been seeking the Lord for what the direction is for Cold Lake and for their lives. And, and I, I honestly believe that you are going to see breakthrough in this church in 2013-2014. And I want to I pray that. I want to I believe that with you. I don't get a chance often enough to come back home. But I believe that God wants to see some breakthrough here at, at the church. And that you're going to just see people's lives touched because you've had breakthrough personally. So I just want to pray a blessing over you as a congregation and I'm going to ask uh, Hayward and Effie if they would just stand and if you just stretch out your hands toward them because I want to bless them as well. I just love these guys. Like Papa. <laughs> thank you, Father. Father, I just pray your blessing over Hayward and over Effie. Father, I thank you that they're the spiritual fathers of this house, the spiritual mother of this house. Lord, I pray for healing right now over, over Hayward's body. God, that blood pressure and would just come into alignment right now in Amen. Jesus' name. We come against the thief that would come to kill, to rob, and to destroy. God, that's not your inheritance for the saints. And so, God, we bless him with health and strength. Lord, we bless him generationally, Father, over his children and over his children's children. And, Lord, for his spiritual children that are in this house and his spiritual grandchildren that are in this house, God, I bless them. Lord, I bless this godly couple, Lord, that, that in this season, Lord, that... It's just not just a season of retirement, but God, they're like Caleb and his wife, and there are mountains to climb. There are enemies to defeat. Even though your strength is not as great as it used to be, the Lord says, I will do greater things. I will do greater things through you in your latter days than I did in your former days because it's all him, it's all me. It's my anointing that's on you because I am the God of the breakthrough. So God, I pray that your breakthrough anointing, Lord, would be over this couple. And I pray, God, that your breakthrough anointing would be over this church. Mm -hmm. And God, that um, families that are, that are struggling in, in Cold Lake, in Cherry Grove, in Bonneville, yeah. Lord, they would come to this house because this is a house of breakthrough. It's a place, oh God, where your spirit is, is whispering in the poplars. So God, I pray, God, that you would bless them. And, and I, I know that um, in the natural, we can see the giants. But Lord, we don't look at the giants any longer. Lord, we look at you. Because you are the slayer of the giants. So God, we declare your blessing over this house. Lord, we declare your blessing over Cold Lake to the north, oh God. We declare your blessing to the, 
to the, to the west and to the south and to the east, God. I pray, God, your blessing would flow out of this congregation. Lord, literally to the city, but to the nations as people that come and go from this house. And Lord, that they would see that this place is a place of blessing. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. He is the God of the breakthrough. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Holy Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.